Hey, this is Matthew's Table podcast channel. We wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and reminds you of who you are, but more importantly, whose you are. Enjoy. The- Good morning. <laughs> Finish up saying hellos, and there's extra chairs up here if anyone would like to sit closer to me. Uh, there's a lot of extra chairs, you know, in the middle, and uh, you ain't always got to sit in the back. But uh, let's go to God in prayer, and then we can get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for the worship team who uh, boldly just uh, welcomed us into your throne room. So we uh, just thank you that we surrender, Father God. Uh, We surrender our sins, our secret sin, and We just pray that you lead the way, that we be authentic, that we be family, that we be unified going into 2020. I thank you for our worship team. I thank you for all the servants. I thank you for everyone here. May you open up their hearts. May you guide my words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's exciting to be in this sermon series. Um, If you haven't been with us, we've been going through a series titled, God gives. Next week, it will be our uh, Christmas um, gathering, so invite your family, invite your friends. And um, in a season where we put so much pressure on ourselves to, you know, give our kids, our family members just more gifts that they don't need, it's a blessing to be reminded and to worship the fact that God already gave it all. Over the last few weeks, we heard Pastor Roger, he preached on God gives grace. Last week, Pastor Stephen did a a fantastic job on God gives forgiveness. Now this week, I'm tasked to preach on God gives hope and God gives peace. Let's establish a few things, though. Hope does not mean that we don't go through things. Peace doesn't mean that we don't battle things. It doesn't mean that there won't be storms in your life. And it doesn't mean that we won't face trials. What it does mean is the way that Christians handle the battles, storms, and trials should look a lot different than the way the world handles those same battles, storms, and trials. Do we grieve, church? Of course. Do we have pain in our lives? Of course we do. Is there brokenness? Of course. But because God sent Jesus, because he died on the cross, defeated the grave, because he reigns and is sitting on the throne, we don't have to run around and panic like he doesn't have this whole thing under control. If you are new here to Matthew's table, I have a few announcements. If you've been coming to Matthew's table, you desire to get plugged in, to serve with us as family, to use your gifts to serve the body, we'll have our commitment class in the back room right after service. We have a few ways that you can worship with your giving. Uh, There's an offering box by each door, or you can text the number 73256 with Matthew's table in the text in all capital letters. It's on the screen. Um, We also have connect cards by each door. 
If you would like someone to reach out to, if you're new here, if you want to know more about Matthew's Table, if you would like someone to be praying for you, write your name and number on the Connect cards, your prayer requests on the back, and someone will reach out to you and someone will be praying for you. And unfortunately, we had to cancel the night of worship that was next week out of uh, circumstances beyond our control. Also, uh, I just wanted to remind you men in here that we do have a Bible study every Sunday morning at 9.15. It's upstairs, and I would love to just see 20, 30 men just getting together and opening up the Word. Um, I think we shouldn't need anything else to bring men together than to, man, let's read the Word together. So um, if you have your Bibles with me this morning, turn with me to John chapter 16, verse 33. If you don't have your Bibles, it will be on the screen. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let me repeat that. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You can play the video. If you truly are sorry, I know I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please. Yes. How many people in here have seen that video before? Raise your hand. Now, real honest question. Raise your hand, and I don't want you to be so holier than thou and over-spiritualize it, if you would have reacted the same way, if you would have showed that lady the same grace, 
no hands. To give some context to the video, the guy was talking to the woman found guilty of killing his brother. The police officer walked into his apartment thinking it was her own. She says she's seen a shadow, opens fire, and kills an innocent man. The whole world is in complete outrage. People are debating all over social media. A crowd outside is yelling, no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. People are tweeting, this lady deserves to die. People are just saying, at the bare minimum, she deserves life in prison. People are saying she is a liar and she deserves to rot in hell. Then to think, just, uh, just imagine for a moment, what if this was your brother, your loved one that was just murdered innocently in his own apartment? The pure rage you would feel, the hate, the pressure, the family looking like if we could just get our hands around her neck, she is going to feel everything we're feeling. She murdered an uncle, a son, a friend, and a brother. We are going to take from her what she has taken from us, an innocent man, the crowd outside, no justice, no peace. We will not rest until we get justice. Then the brother gets on the stand. He could have joined the mob. He could have said, I hate you. Rot. I hope you die. I hope you get the electric chair. And every single one of us and everyone in the world would have completely understood. But in that moment where all eyes were on him and the whole world is watching, the whole world is wanting blood, he gets on the stand knowing he will never, ever see his brother again, knowing this is the very lady who took his brother's life. And what does he say? He says, I forgive you. He said, God will forgive you. He said, I love you. He said, not only that, he said, I want the best for you. He said, I don't even want you to go to jail. Let me make sure you hear this. To his brother's killer, he said the very best, the very best would be if you gave your life to Christ. Not only that, in a moment that shocked the whole world, in a moment where the world is out for blood, in a moment where it's no justice, no peace, we won't rest until we get justice. He says, give your life to Christ, but more than that, I would love to give you a hug right now. In a moment that probably many have never seen, in a moment where the judge is wiping tears away from her eyes, the brother embraces the same woman who just shot and killed his family member. It's easy to say and think you could do that, but honestly, it shocked me and it shocked the whole world because I doubt I could have done the same thing. That is something that is very supernatural. In a quote I heard earlier this week, it said, it's hard to hate someone you're praying for. Listen up, church. Before we continue, I know that there's people in here who have had your peace stolen. There's people in here who have been robbed of hope. 
There are people in here who are bitter. You're mad at God. You feel unworthy. You feel like you've lost yourself. You feel destroyed, hurt, and abandoned. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you're holding on to that bitterness and rage, to let it go. Because although people may have hurt you, there are people in here who have taken your joy. You can stop giving them permission to steal your peace. You can stop living in the bondage that they put you in. You can forgive them because what you're holding on to, the bitterness and hate and the rage, it isn't just killing them, it's killing you. What you're holding on to has you in bondage. If that's you, I don't know if you went through a broken marriage or a broken relationship and it still robs you of your peace. If that's you, raise your hand. If someone has hurt you when you was a child and you've held on to it your whole life, you just can't seem to let it go, raise your hand. If you have been betrayed, beaten, hurt, and have carried that around with you, I want you to stand up. We all have our stories. We all in here have been hurt, me included. Now I want you to listen up for a second. You've been walking around with all this weight on you. It's been robbing you of your peace. It's been stealing your joy. Before I can move on with this sermon, because I think this is that important, because I think it's crippled you for far too long, I want you to let go of the hate that's destroying you. It's time to take back what the enemy has stolen from you. It's time for you to know that God gives hope and that God gives peace. And I want to pray this morning for anyone who's feeling that bondage, anyone who's been walking around with that weight on you and it's been crippling you and it's been hindering you and you've been walking around with unforgiveness and bitterness and rage, I want to pray before we continue this morning. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you that you give hope and peace. That doesn't mean that this world is peaceful and that the world doesn't, out, that, that the world doesn't steal our joy and tries to steal our hope. But what it does mean is you're with us, Father God. We can lean on that, that you're with us. And I pray that we as a church family are there for each other when one another is grieving. I pray that we can release what has us in bondage, what has us in cuffs, what has us in chains. I pray that we can let go of that rage, that hate, that bitterness. And I pray that we can look to you as the ultimate example of forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. John 16, 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. What we can learn from these verses is that in Christ you can have peace. No Jesus, no peace. N-O-N-O, -N -O, no Jesus, no peace. K-N-O-W, K-N-O-W. Huge difference. It sounds the same, but it's not the same. In this world, you will have pain. In this world, you will have drama. And in this world, you will have problems. Christians and non-Christians alike. This world is a broken place. 
This world is crooked. This world is evil, and there will be trouble, and there will be storms. But I ask you this morning to let go of that hate, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the weight that you've been carrying around, because the way we handle things in Christ should look a lot different than the way the world handles the same things. The way that we fight should look a lot different than the way the world fights. They can take, the world can take everything. They can take everything from me. They can spit on me. They can mock me. They can beat me. They can even kill me. But they can't take away my Jesus. Matt Chandler puts it this way. He said, when Satan says he's taking everything worth having away from you, Grace says he can never take away what you need most, Jesus. In the worst pain you could ever feel, in Christ, nothing can separate his love from you. Absolutely nothing. We can look at our persecutors, enemies, haters, and Satan in the face and hold on to John 16, No Jesus, no peace. K-N-O-W, K-N-O-W. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's past, present, and future. He isn't saying I might overcome. He isn't saying this battle may be too hard for me. He isn't saying there won't be trouble. He is saying, Christian, put your hope and peace in me. I have overcome the world. I am sitting on the throne. I am King Jesus. Matthew's table. You can get out your pillow and rest because true peace is found in him. He isn't just your future king. He isn't a king that's far away. He is the king today and forever. That doesn't mean this world is all rosy cozy. This world isn't easy breezy. This world isn't drama-free, mess-free, or pain-free. But when God sent Jesus, we do not have to second-guess and run around like chickens with our head cuts off because the birth of Jesus is a guarantee that God will make good on not some, not many, but all of his promises, every single one of them. It's like you're sitting in here and you know the score to the end of the game and still stressing out when you're watching your team battle. That wouldn't make any sense. You already know the team won. You already know the final score. You already know the outcome. Church, wake up. We can worship. We know the outcome. It is finished. Church, that is the same way you should have peace in Christ. That's where we get our hope from. We win because he won. We are victorious because he was victorious. We can overcome because he has already overcame. How should we respond in times of trouble? How should we respond when times get hard? I believe it's easy to wave the flag when it's all high fives and hallelujahs and the sun is shining. I believe what separates the in and the out and the dark and the light is what happens to it when it, get, when it gets hit with the fire. 
Do you still trust God then? When the money is low, when the bills are due, do you still have your hope then? When things seem to be crashing all around you, the, the waves are hitting the side of your boat, do you still have that same peace then when the whole world is in chaos? If you don't, I want you to know you can because he reigns. He is on the throne. He is not on the cross anymore. He has already died for you. You do not have to second guess that today. You don't have to go to sleep tossing and turning at night thinking, how could he love someone like me? You don't, think, is he, you don't have to think, is he going to leave me because I can't be perfect? He's a good father. And if you are a child of his today, you are a child of his forever. You are not halfway forgiven. You are completely forgiven. Yeah, the enemy would love for you to walk around like you're halfway forgiven. In Christ, man, you are whole. You are completely forgiven, and you can hang your head on that. Security and peace is found in the fact that you are safe in his hands and secure in his love. Outside of Christ, I'm telling you, there is no peace. There is no hope. There's only temporary substitutes that will leave you incomplete and falling flat on your face. Temporary fixes. You try to fix yourself time and time and time again only to end up in the same problems and the same messes time and time and time again. That dope in that bottle, it will never, ever bring you peace. That man or woman that you're just dying to have, they can never give you the peace that God can. We're running around crazy, and we hope, and we hope, and we hope. God, please give me more money. It will fix all my problems. God, please give me that girl that I've been praying for. She will be everything I ever needed. God, please take this away and that away. And the whole time, we're searching everywhere else. You can stop searching because true peace, no matter their problems, no matter their troubles, no matter the storms, is found in Jesus in Jesus alone. The world can't give you peace. It wasn't meant to. You can let the bondage go today. You can be set free. You can put your faith in the finished work of the cross and stop trying to earn your way into something that we honestly didn't deserve in the first place. Religion says, work, work, work your way in. Relationship says, you're mine. Religion says, you're dirty. Clean yourself up first. Relationship says, come to me and I will clean you up. Religion says, do, do, and do. Relationship says, it's already finished. It's already done. Listen up. There is no need to walk around and be an overachiever when he's already achieved it all for you. Flaws and all. God loves the real Nick Martin, not the fake Nick Martin that's all smiles and rosy. There is one cross. There is one Savior. There is one King. 
and then there are sinners saved by grace, and there are those in here who need God's grace. A quote I love says, every saint has a past, every sinner a future. Not, not some have a past. We all have a past. Every single saint has a past. Every single, every sinner a future because there is hope in Jesus Christ. I am no better than any of you sitting in here today. Jesus Christ saved me at my lowest point when I had no hope. I am no more qualified than you. Jesus himself qualified me. I am no hero. I'm no greatest speaker. And I could stress myself out all week trying to get up here and perform. Or I can find peace in saying, Jesus performed all you need on the cross to turn and run from your sin, to rest in his hands, and to rest in his saving grace. Instead of perform church, pray. Instead of perform church, praise. Instead of panic, stressed out mom about your kids, pray. Instead of the pressure that we put on ourselves, my kids don't have enough toys, pray. We waste so much time on meaningless things. We need to be praying for those in bondage, praying for those in addiction, praying for those that need to be set free today. The best thing we could do as a church is to get up here, deliver the gospel, and pray that the Holy Spirit does what only the Holy Spirit can do. We ain't got to get up here and put on a show. Jesus already died for sinners, man, 2,000 years ago. If that don't fix you, won't nothing. He died for you, the real, authentic you, flaws and all, and you can put your hope in that. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Do you get that? Because I hope you did. It's more important than anything you might hear today. A holy God, the creator of the universe, cares for you. Because sometimes I think it needs to get personal. I want you to repeat that. God cares for me. Y'all didn't say it like y'all meant it. One more time. Somebody meant it over here. Say it again. <coughs> God cares for me. Yeah, some of y'all scream louder at the TV than, man, you should be worshiping that. Like, man, God cares for Nick Martin. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's truth. Like, God, we can be like, oh, yeah, God cares for people. The fact, man, God cares for me. Sinner and all, flaws and all, he cares for the real Nick Martin. He cares for your burdens. He doesn't say he cares for some of your anxiety, that you're stressing God out when you go to him with your problems. He says, cast all your anxiety on him. He cares about your problems. He cares about your burdens, and that changes things. We can forgive because he forgives. We can find hope and peace in him, and because of that, we should be extensions of that same hope and peace. Hey, thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who sow into this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. If you like what you've heard, click the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.
God bless.